0: Do you remember your first car? Uh, I remember my first car. It was a hand-me-down from my sister uh, when she went off to college. There I was, a 16-year-old varsity athlete, lead singer, in a Christian rock band. Yes, a Christian rock band. Single, random, single, and driving a 1988 Mercury Sable. I think I have a picture of my very first car. There we go. Uh, She was very, very sexy. That's right. Um, What? It's it's not the exact same one, of course. We didn't have cameras back then. <laughs> <laughs> Kids now, like cameras everywhere. Uh, no, that's a, that's a picture similar to my car. But uh, you know, the a V6 engine, I think it was a gas guzzler. Here's the reality is that before I got my driver's license, I never really thought much about gas or how much it even affected our family budget. My mom had to drive us all around in the family van to all our different events, all that stuff. But all that changed once I got my driver's license, and I had to start paying for my own gas. Pretty soon, all my friends, Ben, Dan, Darren, didn't have cars, wanted me to pick them up and take them places, and pretty soon, the gas station was my number one destination. Everyone else relates. Early on, you're the first one to get your car, and you're filling up all the time because all your friends want you to drive. I remember one night being so frustrated. Like, man, I feel like I spent all my money on, on, on gas, and I clocked out, of my parents He's a little defeated, a little discouraged about this. I remember looking at them and saying, man, I didn't realize that I'm going to have to fill up all the time, that I'm be empty all, all the time, and I don't like being empty. I didn't realize that I'm going to have to fill up all the time, that I'm empty all the time, and I don't like being empty. Well, maybe this morning, you can resonate with that feeling. I didn't realize I'm going to be running on empty all the time. I don't like being empty empty, I don't like this feeling, and, and, and I feel just kind of like I need to be refueled and refilled all the time, I just feel a little empty, maybe this morning you can identify with that, just you feel like you need some spiritual refueling, you're not sure exactly what to do, but unlike an empty gas tank on a car, followers of Jesus, Jesus can be spiritually empty and yet appear as though nothing is wrong. I've done that. I've pretended like, hey, everything's hunky-dory, life is great. And on the inside, my spiritual gas tank is all the way down to empty. I can pretend that, you know, everything's all fine without bringing others into my need for refueling. It's so easy to live as if your spiritual tank is full, when the reality is you've been running on fumes and desperately need to be refueled. If you can identify that Maybe today, or maybe sometime in your life, like, yeah, I've been there, pretending like everything is great, and the reality is I can feel my spiritual tank is just all the way down and empty. Over the course of my own spiritual journey, I've become very aware that if I don't connect with God on a regular basis, I run out of passion and become spiritually empty. Just like the gas tank in my old car, my spiritual life drains much more quickly than I think It will. Maybe you're like me, and, and some of these warning signs you've experienced. I'm impatient. I start mentally yelling at people at the gym, like, get off that machine, come on! Ever been there? Like, outside and smiling, but inside, like, I've got some non-pastor words in my head, you know? Or I lack compassion for those who are hurting. I start thinking, well, it sucks to be you. You made bad choices. I'm more, hey, am I the only one who's real? Okay. out there, come on. I'm more vulnerable to Temptation. I start using food as a way to get a hit of dopamine to feel good for a few minutes. I'm short with people. I snap at my wife and my kids. I feel distant from God. My insecurities are more prevalent. I look at the mirror and all I hear is or failure, fraud. Maybe this morning you're sitting there thinking, man, I thought I was the only one who struggles with these feelings of emptiness. But you're not alone. So what do we do when we, when we feel impatient or lacking in compassion or insecure or distant from God? What do we do? Well, the good news is that you and I don't have to stand empty. We don't have to live that way. We can learn to consistently refuel our spiritual tanks and experience the fullness of God that Jesus promises us. We don't have to run empty anymore. Here's the big idea, though. I want you to connect with today. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you put a note in your phone, Is that... Refueling is not a command to do more. It's not adding something to your to-do list. It's an invitation to be connected. This idea that we need to refuel our spiritual tanks, it's it's not a command to do more. It's an invitation to be connected to the source of our life and truth and love. This morning we're going to look at three ways that we can get refueled and feel connected to God so we can live the full and expansive life that God has for us. Before we dive into today's word, join me in the word of prayer. God, thank you that you are here. And God, thank you that when we feel empty and just short and impatient and insecure and lacking in compassion and just all those markers, God, there's an answer to that. And the answer is you. So God, I pray that every single person here God, they would just feel your love and connection and compassion. God, that these be your words, not mine. That everyone in here will receive from you what they need to hear this morning. In the name we pray, amen. Well, the first thing we need to do to, to reconnect with God, to get refueled, is to stop believing the lie that you are a failure. Number one, stop believing the lie that says you are a failure, I can't tell you as a pastor how many people I think are buying into this lie from the devil that says you aren't doing enough. You aren't doing enough. Do you ever feel like a spiritual loser? Maybe you've committed in the past to through the whole Bible year and I'm going to not miss every, any single day, maybe this year even. And then how many people by February 1st you've fallen behind? Yeah? And we think, well, I'm a bad person, I'm a failure. You beat yourself up because you feel like, I'm not memorizing enough scripture. I'm not, I should fast more, or serve the homeless, or, or I should be praying more. And you just can't seem to live up to your own expectations. <clears throat> I think the problem comes from attaching unrealistic expectations to an unrealistic plan. And if you struggle with spiritual guilt in your life, do you know where you most likely to get that from? It's from pastors like me. <laughs> Who are telling you, hey, you need to do more, you need to read your Bible, or you need to, to pray more. And on behalf of Pastor Everett, I want to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. See, the reality is refueling is not a command to do more, to add more to your to-do list. It's an invitation to be connected with God. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how you're spiritually wired in a realistic ways that fits how you are wired. I have a friend that... When he was little, he heard someone refer to you know God as as a vacuum cleaner. And it's like what? Well, here's someone say that we all have a a God shaped vacuum in our hearts, and it took it literally. And so one day, uh, his mom said, "Hey, what do you want to dress up for at, at Halloween? And I'll make any costume you want." He said, said "I want to be God." She's like, "Well, I, honey, no one knows what God looks like." He said, "Yeah," and he goes to the closet, pulls out the vacuum, and like this, a bigger. And, he said, and then if I was a like vacuum, then I could suck up everyone's candy, too. <laughs> now, it's kind of silly. A little kid, he hears this gadget vacuum, and he thinks God actually is a giant Uber. But the reality is I think so many of us have a wrong picture of God in our, in our hearts and in our minds. And if I ask you, what, how do you view God? I think many of you, if you're being really, really honest, you'd say, I think he's disappointed me. I think he expects more from me and then I keep letting him down. My hope for you is that you can experience spiritual liberty and freedom and quit feeling like a failure. That's what Jesus wants for you. Here's what Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. This yoke word was, uh, the rabbis had their yoke, which was their teaching. So this is Jesus' yoke, his teaching, his commands. He says, Take my commands, my teachings upon you, and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You will find rest for your souls. My burden is light. When you think of your spiritual life, do you think, My burden is light. Or do you think, man, I'm not doing enough. I'm not consistent enough in my devotions. I'm not praying enough. I'm not fasting enough. I'm not reading my Bible enough. If you feel guilty that you're not doing enough, that is an invitation to perform. But Jesus tells us, my burden is light. Instead of an invitation to perform, that's an invitation to connect with Him. (laughs) Jesus says it's not about performance. It's about connecting with Him. And He will give you rest. So the truth is, apart from Jesus, we're all spiritual screw-ups. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the good news is that Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins, our failures, and then he rose again. And Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us then draw with confidence. Throne of grace Jesus died for my failures and your failures and he invites us to be connected to him God wants us to find rest, to have a life that is full and expansive living in his grace and truth it's the message of the Old Testament, the message of religion is do good get God, if I do good then I get God if I do good then I'll get good things if I just read my Bible and pray enough, if I don't sin, then I'll get God. But Jesus says, no, because I came, because I died on the cross for your sins, now you can get God so that you can do good. See how that's so different? We don't do good so we get God. Instead, Jesus says, through me, you get God so you can do good. We are here for good. So we just have those shirts on this morning. We're here to bring the light and the truth and the goodness of God. That's why we're here. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This morning, if you're feeling empty spiritually, if you're feeling full of guilt, Jesus wants you to be filled with the fullness of God. God invites us to be filled with his fullness. And we do this by connecting and reconnecting with God. When the Apostle Paul wrote those words in Ephesians, he used what's called the present continuous tense. What does that mean? It means that he wants us to be filled continuously or to be filled and filled and filled and filled some more. In other words, to be filled with the fullness of God doesn't just happen one time in our life in Bible camp when you're 13 or when you're 35 at a mission trip in the Ukraine. To experience the fullness of God, we need to be filled and spiritually refueled in a regular way. It's filled and filled and filled again. We need to refuel regularly because refilling is where God provides true satisfaction down where it matters most. But refueling is not a command to do more. It's an invitation to be connected to our source of hope and truth and peace and love. So stop believing the lie that you aren't enough, that you aren't doing enough. Number two, we need to start thinking of God as our friend. We need to start thinking of God as our friend. The second way to get refueled to connect with God is start thinking of him as our friend. We need to quit feeling like failures. Stop believing that lie and start thinking of God as our friend. And not just a friend, but a good friend. You know you have those friends where you feel like you don't need to perform? You can just relax and be yourself? You simply be? That's what God wants with us. Here's what Jesus tells us in John 15, 15. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Jesus calls us friends. And through Jesus, God, he wants us to think of God as our friend. (coughs) My goal is to shift your mind from feeling like a failure and they aren't doing enough and thinking of God as your friend. It's not about rituals. It's about a relationship. It's not about performance. It's about presence. It's not about a show. It's about just showing up. It's not because you have to, it's because you want to. It's not about guilt, it's about grace, it's not about form, it's about friendship. It's the difference between sharing a meal with really good friends at a warm, intimate restaurant or at their home and eating alone in the school cafeteria. How many remember what that's like? I have a picture of both. Let's put that first picture up there if we got it. This is what I want your spiritual life to be like. This is a place where you're having dinner with some close friends. They're drinking sparkling apple juice. Nothing else. That's all they're drinking. <laughs> but you know, you're having those moments where you're out to dinner with some friends or you are at a friend's house and it's a nice ambiance and the food is good and you, something just stirs within your soul and you think, man, this is sacred. This is good. This is right. You want to hold on to that moment. The reason that stirs something within us because that is a reflection of the kind of relationship we were created to have with God. In that moment when we have good conversation and good food, that's a reflection of what God wants his relationship to be with us. Now contrast that with a picture of a school cafeteria. The whole idea is to move as many people as possible through the line as fast as you can. There's nothing sacred or intimate here. This reflects the worst side of religion. We're all the same, we're just getting through the line There's noise And it's just, it's, and we're all alone No one's in true community They're just sitting there Just a face in the crowd Some of you, this has been your experience With religion or church No one knows who you are You're just a cog, just a piece of a machine Just getting in and out as fast as you can This is the worst side of religion what God desires for you to have a kind of relationship where it's not about doing, it's about being. So when a good friend comes over, what do you stress about? Do you stress about them? No, you don't feel like you have to perform for them. You know that they love and accept you for who you are. You know they're not going to like show you weird slides on their vacation to Iowa, and make you sit through there, or you know like show you like some weird injury they have on their foot. Like no. And see, when we meet someone new, if you're selling, maybe you something on Craigslist, I don't know, people still do that, or Facebook Marketplace, a lot of times you're making that deal, you only invite them to your foyer, right? Because you're like, you don't know if they're weirdos And then you get to know someone a little bit more, and you invite them into your living room. And, and you kind of, you know, they're there, and you're, it's still a little formal, but what do your good friends do? Good friends, if you walk into your house, they walk into your kitchen. You know, really good friends know where, where the glasses are. You know, they can give themselves a glass of water or pour themselves a cup of coffee. Good friends, maybe you just even hang out in the kitchen. The you don't even mind the dirty dishes in your sink because you know you're good friends. And they don't care about that. Maybe you need to stay in the kitchen over coffee or some snacks in your center island. When you think of God, what do you picture? The one whose face lights up when he hears your voice? Or is your picture of God kind of that family member or that in law who doesn't really prove how you're parenting or what you're doing or you're not doing enough? Which one is your view of God? I want to start thinking of God as that good friend who comes over, who doesn't mind the dirty issues in the sink, that there's a pile of unfolded laundry in the living room, who comes in, gets a glass of water, sits down, and says, tell me how you're really doing. That's the kind of relationship God wants with you and me. <clears throat> the kind of friend who can just be yourself around, don't feel the, the pressure to perform, but who makes you a better person because of their influence on your life. You have a ton of friends. They accept you for who you are. They love you, but when you're around them, they stretch you. Maybe their faith. Maybe their compassion for others. Maybe just the graciousness they walk in life. And those good friends, they don't judge you. You become a better version of yourself as you spend time with them. That's what God wants for us. We will grow and expand to kind of Person that God has for us to be not because of judgment and condemnation because of friendship that's what God desires for us and finally the third step is to just be still and know God the third step is to stop and be still and it sounds so simple but it's so hard but to be still is an invitation to bring a halt to your mind and your body to momentarily ignore your responsibilities and your to-do lists. And here's the thing, it doesn't have to be a long stop. Just stop for five minutes or one minute or 30 seconds. I want you to learn to create pauses in your day in order to refuel your soul and reconnect with your creator. Here's the thing, though, just as you don't put gas in a car while it's driving down the road, you can't refill your soul while you're in a flurry of activity. Being spiritually refilled requires you to stop and be still. Some of you, that's easy. Some of you, that's so, so hard. It's harder for me, personally. First, we need to stop believing the lie that we aren't doing enough, that we aren't enough. We need to start thinking of God as that good friend who just loves us and accepts us, wants to have a cup of coffee in our kitchen. And third, we need to be still and know God. Refueling, it's not a command to do more. It's an invitation to Be connected. Be connected to God and know Him and fill the fullness. I think we're so, we have so much trouble stopping because our lives have become too full. Can you identify with any of these words? Busy, rushed, empty, stressed, fatigued, overloaded. What we need is margin. You know, margins are in, in a notebook, it's, it's the white space around each side of each page. Margin is space without activity, it's space without activity. See, if you have a life without margins, it's a life that's rapidly approaching chaos. A life without margins crammed with running and driving and chasing and little time to catch your breath, limited time to think through or even to decompress. If that describes you, my friend, you are an accident waiting happen. Stop occupying yourself with trivial things. Stop filling your life with too many good things and living a busy life. With no margins and no space for God, what really matters. We all need to stop so we can refuel our souls and have spiritual depth to battle the superficiality of busyness. I think busyness today is the largest threat to Christ followers in our Western context. We're just going, going, going to fill up our calendars, fill up our budgets to the max. If your life is stuffed with busyness, My invitation for you is not to stop everything and radically alter your life. You don't need to move up to a cabin in northern Minnesota, okay? Mm -hmm. This does not mean to stop serving at church or quit your small group. After being a pastor for 19 years, I confidently say I've never met someone who did that, who unplugged from serving at their church and took time away from their small group and actually grew spiritually and closer to God. Because the reality is, we are... Created to fill up everything. And so when we cut back serving others and doing life with others, what we do is we fill up our calendar life with things about ourselves. And so we do start doing yoga. I'm going to work on myself. But the point of yoga is, is to, you know, to, to breathe and to center with your creator so that you can bring light and truth and hope to the world around you. It's about cutting things out of your schedule that are good things. Maybe it's activities for your kids, maybe your own personal activities. Maybe it's that Netflix show you're really like... It's cutting that stuff out that's yours to allow more time for God to do something in your life. Because we were created in the image of Jesus, whose mission was to seek and save the lost, to serve others, to help people connect with their Creator. This might mean cutting out some activities that are all about you. Because the way to connect with God is by being the light of the world and serving others. My invitation for you is to learn how to connect with God while living in the real world. The temple stopping and suggesting it meant to be liberating. Stop within your normal schedule. But look at it. Where are the moments I can pause? Where are the things I can cut out and this is a good thing, but you know what? It's not the best thing for me right now. In Psalm 46.10, God invites us to be still and know that I am God. And we need to find times for margin to stop Be still and know that he is God. But this refueling, it's not about doing more. It's an invitation to be connected, to stop, to be still. There's something that happens when we slow down turn off the noise of our lives and seek to connect with our friend Jesus. It's 2020. It's a new year, but also a new decade. And if you want to start this decade off in the right way, if you want this next decade to be the best decade of your life, here's what you need to do. Honestly, you need to let go of your to-do lists and focus on your to-be list. What kind of person are you going to become this decade? Who will you be 10 years from now? So my friend, that is what is important. So the truth is no one cares about your to-do list. Someday we're all going to die. Someday someone's going to stand and give your eulogy. And honestly, it's not going to be your manager at work saying, well, you filled out all their reports with accuracy, and they hit all their numbers. People aren't going to talk about what you did. They're going to talk about who you were. Let's live a life that people don't have to lie about us or look at our high school yearbook, but who we were, to talk about us at our funeral. See, what's the point of losing 20 pounds this year if you aren't becoming more kind? If you aren't growing to the person that God wants you to be? What's the point of beating your personal deadlift? Or your running time if you aren't growing in your capacity to love and care for others. Why would God give you that promotion if you still are living as though well? Everything that comes into your hands is for your own consumption. See, God is way more concerned with the kind of person you are becoming than the things that you are doing. But so much of Christianity nowadays is focused on sin management. And so we just think, if I just, this year, if I try really hard and I don't yell at my kids and I don't sin, then God will be happy with me. And, and the gospel has moved from good news to being about sin management. About not messing up, not making mistakes. Instead, God says, no, it's not about that. It's about living in a relationship with me. It's about what kind of person are you becoming? It's about realizing that we are the light of the world. That realizing that the glory of God that used to be reserved for just a slight few in the Old Testament." now lives inside you and me and we need to bring the glory of God wherever we go. See, you don't just live in a neighborhood. You and I were sent to that neighborhood to bring the glory of God to those places. We don't just get jobs. We were sent to those jobs. Our kids don't just attend schools. They're sent to those schools to bring the glory of God with them. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside you and me. That our kids, our teenagers can have that same spirit inside of them, bringing it with them where they go. But to do that, we need to be connected with God. So here's the deal. Our enemy knows that he cannot defeat us. Because our victory is in Jesus, amen? And Jesus accomplished once and for all. Defeating the powers of sin and darkness on the cross. And now we can live in light and truth of that victory. And so the devil says, I can't defeat them. So then I'm going to get them defeated and I'm going to get them discouraged and feeling drained. Because if we're living on empty, we lose our effectiveness. And so if the devil can't defeat us, he wants us discouraged. He wants us distracted by good things. we wrapped up in things that don't matter, have an eternal significance. And when we live for ourselves or these things that just kind of drain us, we don't realize we're running into empty, then we're not a threat to the enemy. Because when we're running a spiritual emptiness, we're ineffective. Emptiness is ineffectiveness. Empty is where the devil wants you. But God wants you to live a life that's full and expansive and filled with His Spirit and His power. My friends, if you feel like there's more, there is more. Ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life to refill you, to fuel you. We are created to bring light and hope and truth with us to do that, we have to be connected with our God. We have to be continuously filled with the fullness of God. It doesn't happen just one time. It happens again and again and again. It's one of the reasons coming out on Sunday morning is so important. It's an opportunity for you to connect with God and to be refueled. When you're serving back there with the kids or as you're greeting, as you're setting up, that's an opportunity for you to connect with Jesus, whose heart was in service. When you go bring a meal to a friend or someone down the street from you whose house burned down, you're connecting with the heart of God and a heart of service, and that's refueling you. And then Ethan on Friday nights going and out water bottles and spread the message of Jesus. He's reconnecting with the heart of God and being refueled. We need to create pauses in our days. Let's get super practical about this. What does that mean? Stopping can be as simple as arriving at a meeting five minutes ahead of time. So you can read a Bible verse and just spend a minute, maybe just a couple minutes in prayer. Stopping can be when you get to your car, you take two minutes between clicking your seatbelts. You click your seatbelt and you wait two minutes before you start your car. And you say, I'm going to connect with you, God. I'm just going to, in this moment, I'm going to meditate on this verse. I'm going to be still and know that you are God. I'm going to be still and know that you are God. So it goes two minutes and you go on with your day. And maybe you know just uh, stopping in the bathroom. It's super practical. You have some time. You just pause it. I'm got to take a few here in the bathroom. Start slow. If you're out of shape physically, you wouldn't start exercising by attempting a marathon. You'd pass out before you hit that first mile. Instead, you start you know, walking slow for 15 minutes. Then you work up to jogging and start running. Same is true with us. You might need to learn how to stop. Because here in America, we are adrenaline and activity junkies. But there's a battle for ourselves don't want to be living empty lives. We want to live full and expansive lives. If we're going to move forward spiritually, if we're going to experience the depth and closeness to God and the desires that He has for our lives, we need to learn to regulate, refuel with God. Maybe this morning you say, man, I didn't realize I have to fill up all the time. I'm on empty all the time. I don't like being on empty. That is not what God created for me to Stop believing the lie that you aren't doing enough. Stop beating yourself up when you miss a day in your Bible reading. When you feel like you haven't memorized enough scriptures, that you're not sharing your faith enough. God does not want you to live with guilt and condemnation. Start thinking of God as that good friend who comes over, he doesn't mind the dishes in the sink. He says, "How how, how are things going? And you spend time with him, you just slowly become a better version of the person God created you to be. And create the margin in your life to be still, to know that He is God. So that we can be bringers of light, to be here for good, to make a difference. This year, this decade, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be in 10 years from now? God is way more concerned about who you are becoming than what you are doing. Would you join me in prayer? God, I thank you. You love us so, so much. You gave Jesus. So God, I pray right now that everyone in here, myself included, we would just reject this lie from the devil that we aren't enough, that we aren't good enough, that we aren't doing enough things. We would recognize that you have called us friends, you have adopted us, that you are waiting for us to come home, and you run to meet us. God, help us to start thinking of you as that good friend, not as a disapproving parent or mother-in-law or whatever the may be. God, I pray that this week each and every one of us we just have time to connect with you like a good friend. God, that we create margins in our lives. God, that we do the hard work to look at our schedules and just say, what are those good things that they're not bad, they're not sin, but you know, I need to cut these out so that I can have more margin to connect with you. Help us all, God, to just create pauses in our day, just a minute here, a minute there, to, to connect and to reconnect with you throughout the day so that we can be continuously refilled and refueled by you. And God, I pray as a community, God, we just bring your glory with us into the neighborhoods where we live, into our jobs, into the schools. God, that we'd be bringers of light. So that those who are lost in darkness, who are feeling empty and weak and broken, would experience fullness of life and joy, freedom. They would no longer be slaves and become sons and daughters. Thank you. Thank you that you love us. That we don't have to try to earn that love.